Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 16 of 42, the latest and greatest club from the restaurant, the end of the universe. And as always, to my left, your good friend and mine, Mr. Ryan. How you doing, buddy? Good, 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 good. How are you? I uh, can't complain. You know, it's Mother's Day for all those listening in the future. This is May the 10th, 2015. Yeah. So A date ha- which will go down in infamy. Uh, to all those mothers out there, thanks for letting us have sex with you. Wait. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or thanks for having sex so we could be here. Well... Yeah, both <laughs> statements work technically. One of them sounds a little creepier than the other. <laughs> Sorry, I had to check my mental bank. Is like, have I ever actually done that? No, I haven't. <laughs> oh yeah, but <laughs> oh, so Ryan, how are things going in in your little cranny of the universe? Um, let's see. Normal. It was. It's been very windy and rainy, so I assume it's been snowy and cold for you. Actually, it's been really nice and kind of hot up here. Interesting. <laughs> well, the hot, world's a weird hot place. For, hot for Pennsylvania. Not really yeah, yeah. hot. Like 60 degrees. <laughs> I was listening to some radio Friday. It, it, you know, it was like 90, 91, sunny, and the guy on the radio is like, and, you know, and now for the forecast, it's really hot, okay? It's just really, really hot, and that's just all there is to it. It's like, wow, you're a pussy. That's crazy. That's so weird. But when you get two months under freezing a year, I, I can see why <laughs> 90 would feel hot. Yeah. Like, my my wife used the air conditioner in her car for the first time in six months this week. That's a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling. It's a weird thing to think that that's, those things exist. Coming, yeah. from, coming from the south, man. Like... You might not use your air conditioner six days a year. <laughs> That's so true. Especially down oh. t- down Houston, you know. Yeah, it's always hot. I'm always using my air conditioner. <laughs> yeah, because even if you do like use your heater in the mornings and stuff to warm it up, you will be using your air conditioner in the afternoons most likely. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Because the sun will heat it up. So did you see any, uh, did you see any good movies this weekend? Or this week? Uh, since we talked last. Since we talked last, saw yeah. Ultron. Wait, I guess I saw that before. I think you had just seen it. I just seen it. Yep, yeah. I just seen it. Uh, other than that, not really. Just uh, the catching up on the shows and the things that are ending because it's the end of the season and all that good stuff. You doing uh, the Game of Thrones this year or this season? Yeah, we're watching. I'm a couple episodes behind. Really? You didn't do the whole four seasons or the four episodes that everybody... No, uh, I mean, they're terrible quality. Oh, I like your style. Let's not watch them in, let's watch them in 1080p and enjoy exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, and I don't, I don't, I enjoy Game of Thrones, but I don't care that much. Like, I like it. I like to watch it, but it's just one of those things where I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't, I very, I really don't care if it gets spoiled for me. Uh, it's really not that important to a show to you, huh? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's interesting. It's not as good as it was. Like the first two seasons, like season two, I was like, oh, yeah. But now I'm just like, they're all dead. Everyone I care about is dead. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm just here for Tyrion. <laughs> That's funny. And, you know, 
And everyone likes to talk about you, know, but what about the boobs? I'm like, well, there's porn. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> like, have, boobs have are not what's hard on the to internet? find anymore. <laughs> not like they were back in the day, but they are <gasps> not hard to find anymore. That is so, so true. It's like free and pretty good quality. <laughs> pretty good quality. And, and almost anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever paid for like one of those high like high definition sites? I haven't. I've thought about it a few times, but I just haven't. It's almost too clear. It's like, <laughs> oh, I didn't need to know you had a birthmark or cellulite. It's like it's cool. There is a certain level where it's like, I oh, know I see what I need to see, and <laughs> yeah, I don't think you need to pay for it. it. Turned out I paid for it for like a month and was like, this is a little too close. It's a little too. I didn't need to see the hairs, you know, and you know what I mean. There's just a. I was like, wow, this is really high depth. <laughs> I've ever seen something with Blu-ray was first hitting the porn industry mm. about how a lot of the high-end, you know, high-end adult celebrities were having to get all this reconstruct reconstructive surgery done to clear all that up. Because up until <laughs> then, you couldn't see the little stretch marks in the thighs. But, you know, yeah. 1080p, when they're right up there, you can yeah. see everything. <laughs> you know, the, the slightest little bit of varicose veins just pop right out under all that studio <laughs> light. Uh, it's so true. It's the lighting. I guess that is what it is. High-definition cameras with an, in combination with, like, studio oh, light. A ton of light. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, so it turns out you don't need to pay for it. Like, where is that for free? It's about where you want to be. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, oh, I found an interesting... Um, what? The internet has come a long way. <laughs> oh, yeah, it has. Yeah, it has. So you found an interesting something something? An interesting site oh, dealing yeah. with porn. You know how those Pornhub sites, like, um, occasionally do breakdowns? Yeah. I have one for uh, women. Okay. Like, what they're... Um, you know, what they search for most, just different information. I thought it would be interesting if we talked about it. It's kind of fun. Like, what do you think uh, women search for the most? Oh, God. Um, this isn't going to give me, like, some kind of... Oh, I hope not. That would suck. I, there we go. Sorry, my keyboard was being stupid. So, the number one thing was being gay male. Interesting. Interesting, huh? Well, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Right? Why? We, we like to watch two girls go at it, so... Oh. Or corollary, we, they, two girls would like, or a girl would like to watch two guys go at it. I mean... That's true. Transverse. But if you, notice that, if you notice that on the boy side, lesbians way down there. You know, ebony, mature, milf, and teen. <sighs> yeah. But I wonder how much... This is going to get a really in-depth discussion about porn going. But I wonder how much... <laughs> because these are very broad topics, right? So what if it's... What if you're looking for more like... Like strap-on, you know, which is going to be generally lesbian, but it may not pop up, you know, or the toy, you know. How well, do you, we how have do the, the top searches. Oh, we do. Okay. Yeah. If you want to go down a little bit. Hang on one second. <sighs> All right. We'll just put it up here in the screen. For women. Yeah. 
132% more solo male hardcore. Well, that just seems like it's uh <sighs> Yeah, I was in, I was curious about the part where they searched for hardcore rough sex, double penetration and gangbang way more than men do. Yeah, that's crazy. 80% that is, more. That is weird, huh? Women are crazy, man. <laughs> Women are crazy, dude. If like we could ever get into their heads, I bet they're all like total freaks. Let's like see. way worse than we are. If Let's... you go down to the top searches though, it shows all that stuff you were looking for. Uh yeah, it does. Like threesome, squirts, gangbang. I wonder if they if if it's more educational for women. Like they're like, well, no. let's see what this no. is going. No, no, that's not what it is. <laughs> Big ass. That's really that's farther down on the list for men than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> Casting that is way higher than I thought it would be for men. It is like really high. It's like ninth or tenth. Yeah, it's buff lesbian, buff anal cartoon. People would really enjoy that from the. Hmm. Did you see what the uh, how much more women search for certain like terms? Yeah, what uh, like eating pussy? Yeah, nine hundred one percent. Nine hundred one percent more. Baby, like, this is where really where like what at the bottom at the bottom of what women search for more oh, than men. Baby, hundred percent more. Hundred percent more. Wow, that's an interesting. Uh, so I don't know if I'm buying this. I don't know. I don't think I'm buying this. Okay. Uh, top porn stars. Kim Kardashian. What? Kim Kardashian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm calling shenanigans. <laughs> yep. I'm calling shenanigans. All uh, right. Then no. fuck it. We'll just bail on the site. <laughs> I don't. I just don't buy it. <laughs> okay. My, my, my question is, like, they say, like, women's search is more. How do they know? Is it, like, a survey? They're like, are you a woman? Yes, no. Click. Like, how do they figure it out? Because if that's it, you know there's a lot of guys who are just going, eh, we're going to fuck with some search engines that you know, click the yes that they're a girl. Oh. You have a good point. This would assume that they have an account and they identify themselves as female or something that, of some sort. Okay, yeah, that's... Uh, maybe it says... Does it say... Interesting. I guess, the, I guess there is no basis for that survey. <clears throat> but, I mean, you know... People are pretty good at mining information out of the internet nowadays. They are very good at it. <laughs> they can do some really interesting stuff, like... Scary stuff. Yeah, if like they can see your last six transactions of your credit card, they can tell you exactly where you're most likely at right now and stuff, and weird things like that. It's just like... Just the laws of probabilities and patterns and stuff. It's just weird how that shit works. Yeah. So, little behind, you know, behind baseball... Or inside baseball right here. So Wait, my what? walls in here, it's it. No, just go with it. The walls in my house are pretty thin, and so about a minute ago, I get this text from my wife going, "What the fuck are you guys talking about?" <laughs> 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 so I just text back, "Porn." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jacob. <laughs> oh, I don't care. It's not a big deal. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck are you all talking about? <laughs> That's funny. Oh, did you see the new Oculus Rift? Uh, yes, yes, I did. They finally showed the production or the production version. Yeah, it's very exciting. Very exciting. They're looking for the beginning of uh, 2016. 
Yeah. So probably by February, March of next year, we're going to see the Oculus Rift in our hands. You know that's got to be the, well, we can't release it by Christmas. Because you know if they could get out by Christmas, you know, sort of a November, Thanksgiving-ish date, they would. Right. Right, you know they would. And they're like, well, we, it doesn't really matter since we can't hit this mark. We can just release it whenever because they don't want to wait a whole other year to to put the thing out on the market. Hmm. Exciting, man. It's here. We're getting very, very close. Yeah, yeah, we are. And Steam stuff is supposed to come out before Oculus. Yeah. I saw the uh, Steam machine in Walmart. Really? Oh, the, the Alienware Steam, Steam machine? The Steam box, yeah. Yeah, the Steam box. I finally saw one crazy which i thought was interesting is that it uses an xbox controller well it's yeah it's, it's got all the drivers right but that, was, that they would ship a gaming machine with an xbox controller seems weird right well like, it's, like xbox would want to cut well they're getting the cut because they have to if it's an official xbox controller they're having to buy it from microsoft or through a vendor who bought it from microsoft do you think they're licensing them uh, maybe. That's weird. I just it's weird that Xbox 360 would that you could use their or Xbox One that you could use their stuff. Or maybe it's Xbox 360. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about the reselling. Maybe if it technically comes for free, then it's okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't. I don't People know how don't all know, those laws though. work. For most people who don't know, you can take your Xbox 360 uh, Xbox controller and just hook it straight up to your uh, Windows machine. Oh yeah, and it'll work for a lot of games. Oh yeah, it works great. I uh, I it's, automatically, and it works along with almost all the emulators. Yes. So if you want to, you know, get a like I have on on my machine, I've got between Sega and SNES games like two thousand of them. I don't know. It's a big number. That's incredible. <laughs> That'll never play all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like my Steam library. Oh, I know. I've got like four games I've played and like 98 that I bought. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. If you're looking for a fun sort of diversion, uh, the Star Trek 25th anniversary <laughs> game hit GOG this week. What is that? It's a it's mostly a point and click adventure game, but all the voices are done by the actors, so you know, Shatner, Nimoy. It's one of those games I played. Really? Oh, it's so good, dude. At least I remember being awesome when I was eight. <laughs> you're like, this game is awesome. Then you start kind of playing it, like you're trying to show your friend. Like you hear that song when you're drunk. And it's just like the greatest song of your life. And then the next day you're like, look, babe, 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 you got to come listen to the song. I heard it last night at the bar with the boys. You got to come listen to it. And you start playing it about halfway through yourself. You're like, I'm just going to turn this off. <laughs> I've had that. Let me see. Oh, wow. Look at this. Oh, yeah. It's legit. Very old school. Legit. I love it. Looks man. It's awesome. one of my favorite games ever. Wow, looks really cool. Oh, it's so much fun. And like it's very episodic, so it's it's not one long game, so it's like 10 episodes, several, several missions. Right, inside yeah. the uh, oh, it's it's great and you know all the voice acting is incredible because it's fun. And you get to 
and it does have a bit of um like open worldness to it because you can really oh yeah because what happen is they'll bring up like the star map and it'll show you where you're supposed to go but you can go anywhere you want really and then if you go to the wrong places people try to kill you and you get in dog fight because part of it's like space fighting with the enterprise and so you're like what yeah dude when did this game come out oh um wait 25th anniversary had been like 92 holy crap that good of a game back in 92 oh yeah love that's it. fun and judgment rights which is the sequel is also pretty oh, good. oh look yeah they have a whole bunch of games here they have a whole series that's crazy i i never beat judgment rights but i did beat star trek's 25th anniversary and the 25th anniversary actually had a pretty big impact on my my childhoodness Really? Like, uh, in, in terms of gaming, especially because it's one of the first games I really remember playing. Because I was seriously like seven or eight. But our neighbor's dad played, okay. was playing it as well. And so he would talk to me and Jason about the game and where we were. And it was a race between the three of us who could beat it first. And I won. Really? But, yeah. But yeah, the also, advantage of being eight but, and having like unlimited time to do it. Yeah, but it's also like, oh, old people game too? This is cool. <laughs> yeah, and he was probably talking to you a lot like an adult, you know? Right, exactly. He's like, well, like how'd you beat this? There's a couple, yeah. there's a couple missions where you, you know, get stuck. Oh, yeah, good times. I highly recommend it. And did you see that uh, GOG is launching their Steam competitor? No. So they're going to have sort of a Steam-like interface for all their games and have all the community stuff. Yeah, GOG I'm not worried about the community, but I am. I, I would like the interface. This, you know what? I, I like this website. Holy crap. This okay. has a, um, a game that I haven't played since I was a child, dude. Which one? Lord of the Realms. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy crap, what a great game. So it was one of those, like... I guess you had like a map kind of like risk and that you had to manage, you know, turn by turn in the different seasons, you know, to grow food and manage yep. crops and, you know, um, it was turn based because your armies could only move so far and it would take them like 20 turns to get there. Right. But whenever armies would engage on each other, it would be an RTS. And the greatest part of the game was building uh, castles. Oh, yeah, yeah. And defending the castles or attacking castles with catapults. It was a great game. Wow. This is a cool site, man. Oh, I love I love GOG. It's, this has more of my kind of games, too. Well, I don't know. It looks like they have some pretty modern games also. They, they do. Anyone can release stuff on them, but they also do take the old games and make them to where they will run on a new machine. That's cool. Yeah. That is very cool. You ever play Kerbal? I have Space not. Program? I've heard a lot about it, though. Fuck, what a great game. Isn't it one of like the real successes of like, the early access for Steam? If it was an early access game, they would have definitely done it right with that one because they kept updating it until it became a real game. Because I bought it when it didn't even have like any missions or gameplay. It had no, no reason to play. And now it has full-blown go-rescue-asteroids or, you know, like, full missions like um, Apollo 11-type missions. And they do all these different, like, scenarios. It's a great game now, dude. Yeah. Awesome. 
it's a truly a blast if you're into those kind of you know build a bridge engineering games. It's that style of play. Very nice. It's like Lego parts. You put them all together and you build your own rocket ship, and then you put the rocket ship on the launch pad, and then you have to fly it, and you have to like separate the the different stages and engage the engines at different points and engage the, you know the landing gear, and you have to drive it the whole time. The whole mission, you're in control of it. And it's cool because you, you'll swap back from like seeing the rocket, like what it's doing, like what's actually happening, and then you'll go to the map, and then it shows you like you can draw these different points, and it'll put it in your, you know, that little ball that moves like in all the movies. Oh, it'll yeah. put little, it'll put those points that you put into your map, and it'll tell you like burn now, and you have to burn for forty seconds, and then it'll stop, and that point will move to the next spot, and you got to move your ship and then burn again, and that's how you you know succeed on missions. It sounds simple and boring, but holy crap when you succeed well, is it It's kind of like uh, Papers, Please. Yes. No oh. game should be any oh. more boring than Papers, Please. And you're sitting there sweating. Sweating. For, for those who don't know, Papers, Please, you play sweating. as a crossing guard basically in a Cold War Russia. Yes. You know, an Eastern Bloc country. Right, like and right after you, the USSR broke up. Right, and you have to check passports and you make sure everything is correct to let them your pass. passports your id your tickets your reason for entry it'll, it'll have you know as the game progresses they add more and more things you have to check and make sure are okay and you get paid if you get them right and if you get enough wrong you start getting you start losing pain at the end of every day you have to decide if you want to heat your house or give your kids medicine or feed your kids or your family Right, if you have an excellent day, you might be able to buy bread and medicine. Yes. But if you have an average day, you're probably giving up medicine and heat. And then they're going to get sick, so you've got to get medicine, so you'll give up bread. And as the game progresses, you know, you have to go like 100 days or whatever to beat the game. And to tell you the truth, I've never actually beat the game all the way through. Oh, right? I've been very either. successful. Every time I've either gotten bribed and accepted the bribe because everybody in my family was dying, or I just messed up too many times where they just shot me, or... I let the wrong person in because they'll give you like people like don't let this guy in. So he'll all of his information will be like okay for your entry, except that his name in the beginning of that level they said don't let you know Roger Dugastan in or whatever, and you let him in, and then you get in trouble because you let a known terrorist in, and he bombs an embassy, and people die, and it's on the newspaper. It's a crazy game. Yeah, and you're sitting there and you're playing it, and all you're doing is checking documents. That's it. And you're like sweating. And like, oh my God. Oh my God. Because you have the clock going tick, 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 tick. Yes, because the clock only gives you a certain amount of hours to work in, and there's this long line. <laughs> it's, it's intense. It, I, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be intense, but it is. <laughs> and it's one of those games where you play in the dark by yourself. Yeah. And there's got like little cold sweats of, you know, beads of sweat running down your, your uh, brow. And, yeah. Crazy. My my wife would watch me play, and she's like, "Why are you playing this game? It's stupid." I'm like, "You play it." She's like, "No, it's stupid." I'm like, "No, it's awesome." <laughs> <laughs> but it's another one of those games I could really only play for about thirty to forty five minutes because it was so stressful. Yes, it's just like whew, I get to get up and like walk, do a couple laps around the house, like calm yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, and it's even in like eight bit kind of graphics, or maybe sixteen bit, like. Yeah. It's, and you're just in this little bitty room, like nothing ever really changes. And when you click on stuff, you can't even hear the voices. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like this language that's not real. It's just, it should be shitty. 
It should have come out in like 87. <laughs> but holy crap, is it not one of the greatest examples of like art gaming? Like, you know, like Bioshock Infinite was like an example of like the art and video gaming. Right. So is Paper, Please. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. yeah, It's like a piece of art. Like you get to play a piece of art. Well, that leads into an interesting question. Okay, so there's always the games as art. Games as art or is art conversation. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the games that you consider... If if you were if someone was going to ask you that question, you would put the you would put them in front of it and say this game is art and it's art because why? Well, the first one that comes to mind is the one we were just talking about, like Papers Please, because like we were talking about, you start off and you're the leader of a family, and you win the, um, the labor lottery. lotto. Yeah, yeah, the job lotto. So the fact that you've got a job is a really big deal. And you never see your family in the game, but the game is presented in such a... This is so weird to talk about video games like this, but like in a gritty way. You know what I mean? Like like an old Clint Eastwood movie kind of way. And there's just... The sound is perfect, and the, the graphics are perfect for what it is. And it's intent because you feel like you're actually the guy stamping the papers and it just can make you really feel you know when you have to make a decision to let grandma die because you know everybody else needs food and stuff it's just it can be or when or when the people are begging to let them in because you know if you don't they're going to die and stuff and you're like all right well i know i can make like three wrong decisions a day and get through you know get away i'll let you in go 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 and then bad stuff happens in the newspaper and you get this emotional response it's just very good at achieving emotional responses um another game that i think would be a piece of art would be like um majora's mask okay for like for like the 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 lower like the, it doesn't have that much information, really. It's only like 600 megabytes or whatever we talked about the other day. Like it wasn't even, it was hardly any type of, you know, save file. But the complexity and the, the nuance of that game, what I show is like an example of like, like that's like the art of game making. You know what I mean? It's like, look at this as a video game. As a video game, it's almost perfect and a piece of art because of it. You know what I mean? Well, there's art, yeah. So there's art um, as in you know, visual art, and, but there's also storytelling right. art and performance art. Right. So, yeah. Like, um, yeah. So, like, Bioshock Infinite is like storytelling art. Oh, and like, that's almost like art. watching a movie. Yeah. It's like almost that's like watching gorgeous. a movie that you get to be a character in. Yeah, it's amazing how beautiful that game is on even shitty machines. Yeah, like, I don't know whoever wrote that code. It is like is as efficient as it can be. It's a beautiful game. Uh, I one I would go with, and I, I don't want to. We since we've already talked about it quite a bit on the podcast, but one is missed. Oh, Ex- yeah. I mean, sure. even now, especially at the time, especially at the time it came out. I mean, now the graphics are very dated, but but even now, I think it would have a very retro feel. It would, but... Which would affect the art feel. It'd be, like, nostalgic, and you'd be like, wow, this is amazing that something this old is still so impactful. Another one, and this one is obscure, Mm -hmm. is uh, The Dream Machine. Oh, wow, interesting. I'll have to... uh, 
I'll have to find you a couple pictures. What's what, the basic idea? It, it's an adventure game. Okay. Oh yeah, adventure games always have a uh, artsy feel. And to it's them. it's yes, it's it's it looks great. It's got a good story, but the cool thing about it is the designers actually all the images they did was from actual claymation, and then right. they they recorded it and put it into the game. Interesting. What a way to have done it, huh? Oh, it's awesome. Let's show the, the people out. And just check out, just click through some of the pictures. Oh, you sent it to me in the... Oh, here we go, yeah. Oh, wow. This isn't what I was expecting. Yeah. It's almost like... um. Uh, who's that guy that uh, likes to do claymation? Like Tim Burton? Yeah, it's got a... Not a Tim Burton feel, but... It's not Tim Burton, but it has a Tim Burton feel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it's because he's the only person who does claymation anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess. But it also has a... Um, slightly bizarreness. Slight bizarreness to it. Yeah. The it, shapes are, you know, slightly off. Yeah, and I've only played the first two episodes because they're the only out when I bought it and it's all about how you like you and your wife move in this apartment and there's something nefarious already going already creepy yes and there's something <laughs> nefarious going on where these people are this person or being or entity is using the people in the apartment to get inside their dreams and use their dreams for something evil or something like that really good that's really, terrifying yeah <laughs> that's really terrifying that's crazy I'm trying to think of story games. Like a great story? Yeah, like great story games. That make you um, like really emotionally connected with the characters, kind of like a book almost? Yeah, but it doesn't have to mm. be... Not as... Yeah. But it doesn't have to be deep. It doesn't have to be serious. Because hmm. South, like the South Park game has an amazing story, and it's hilarious, and you feel connected <laughs> to the character, but it's... Um, or or the old Space Quest games, like the the funny adventure games. So those had sure. really good stories, sure. and you really cared about your character, but they were funny. You know, most people don't consider comedy art, which is stupid. But that is stupid. Yeah, some of those would be great. I would consider them art, especially those old, especially getting older now. Like it's weird how if enough time passes, things start to become nostalgic and seen in a different light. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm trying to think, though. What would be a great story? I think it would have to come from a time before online play was such a big deal. Right? Oh, when they had this, When they had the focus on a, a story. Hmm. Some of the Jedi games felt like stories. They felt epic. Oh, they did feel epic. You know, you they... felt... You, you really connected with your character because you kind of got to build them your way. Right. You know, and you'd get real connected. But I don't think any of those qualify as like as legend of yeah as art. Then you have the games that are trying to be arty, which yeah, which I don't know if that how that works or not. Mm. Uh, Does any come to mind for you? Well, one I do really like uh, is Fez. I think that's a great game, and it's that's just a great game though, it's man. Beautiful, it, the way it's it works fun. is great. Yeah. Um. It's hard to call 
I mean, games is art and is storytelling. Uh, the Walking Dead. Mist had a great game. Mist was a great story. Game. Great story. It had a great story. Because I felt really connected with the people in the books and then yourself because you don't know who you are, which is really fun because you don't know who you are. Like, even the character in the game doesn't. Like, Ooh. it's amnesia for him it's, and for you. You're trying to figure everything out as you stumble yeah. along. That one is the The faceless, faceless silent protagonist is a classic gaming uh, mechanism to make you feel more invested. Since he doesn't have a face, he doesn't have a voice, you automatically start to think of whoever you're playing as you. That's what draws you, know, you in. They do that in The Legend of Zelda with Link. He's asked questions and apparently responds because, you know, like somebody will ask him a question and then they'll go, oh, that's what you think or, oh, that's what you say. But you never, they don't even put the words for Link. So you get to imagine even what he's saying in your voice. It's very, it, it works. I never thought of it that way, but I guess it is a mechanism to have you kind of, it draws you more in instead of takes you out. It makes you interact, you know, with the game a little more. Right. It's, just, it's a little counterintuitive, though. You would, yes, right. Well, it's, it's you either build a character so involved that you just okay. love everything about a story, or you do nothing and let right. let the player uh, project onto the character. Right, with people's imaginations, like they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. That's like game design stuff I never even really think about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fun. Like I, I enjoy learning about game design as much as I do actually playing video games. You remember when we were younger and the games weren't so complicated or the graphics weren't quite like they were that you could um you could tell where hidden stuff was just by game design, by like level design off of like you would go to the end of a wall or you're going into a corridor and there'd be like a T and one would be the way you need to go, but if you go the other way around a T it's just this dead end. But there's this part of you that's like, no, 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 this isn't a dead end. There's something here. I just have to find it. Like, they wouldn't have coded this in if they didn't want me to find something here. Right. That was such a fun time in video gaming when you could really kind of feel connected with the game designer. Because if you played enough levels, you'd start to get a feel for how the people designed the game. And you would get this feel for, like, where they put the, the hidden stuff or where the secrets were. And Do you remember when DLC was just Easter eggs? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's Fuck something, um, getting connected with sort of the designer is one reason why I think a lot of people enjoy Lucas Arts versus over Sierra or vice versa is because if you ever play those old school adventure games, some of those logic puzzles are beyond stupid. I mean, they are the most cumbersome bullshit logic you have ever seen in your entire life. Hmm. But if you play enough of them, especially of a certain brand or designer, Right. You start to see the patterns and you start yeah. going, Oh no, you know you know, if you play all the King's Quest games, all the puzzles, even though they're different, you can kind of guess where you're supposed to go now. You yeah, don't it's get... like if you've played enough Zeldas, the newest one's not that hard. Right. You know, 'cause you've mm-hmm. you've done it, you, you understand how the missions work and all that stuff. Yeah, that is interesting. It's true though. That is true. I recently bought um the HD version for Wii U of the uh, Wind Waker where you're on the ocean all the time. Oh, I love. I know a lot of people when that game first came out hated the way it looked. Like the whole sh- oh. cell shading. I mm-hmm. love it. I loved it. 
I love it. I like and if you liked it back then, you've got to see it in HD. I have. Oh, it is gorgeous. It's a beautiful game. Have you seen the people who have figured out the hacks that let them shoot across the entire ocean? <laughs> yes. Yeah, the speed running and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love watching people break my favorite games. Well, see, the, the, the question always comes down for, like, official speedruns is do glitches count? If it was in the game originally and you, you use it to mm-hmm. get through the game faster, does it still count or does that count as an assisted speedrun? I would say that it has its own category of, like, any percent. Right? You can do anything the game allows you to do. Or then you could even have like a TAS run, like a tool-assisted speed run, you know? Like that's one where the people break it down frame by frame and manipulate the memory code and have the game do really, really glitchy stuff. Or you could have a glitchless run. Like there is a speed run that is glitchless. You do it as fast as you can with no glitches. Right. Personally, I like the category system like they use now. There's enough people that are running enough games to justify a, you know, a category of, Especially the hardcore games that everybody speedruns, like Majora's Mask, or um, Austrian of Time, or Banjo Kazooie, or Metroid, or oh, Mega yeah. Man. There's just these few games that everybody plays, and it's just you know that's the games that speed people speedrun. I'm fine with them having categories. I and I personally enjoy the any percents. Break the game. If anything, the game would let you do with the controller. If you can do it with your hands as a human being, I don't care how cumbersome or how glitchy or how much it messes the game up and you just all of a sudden end up at this credit screen i don't mind i just love seeing it i love seeing it because the the because it came up because someone set the world record for mario one speed run. right okay mm-hmm. and in the f- i want to say it's the first world no i don't remember exactly where it is but there's a glitch in the game like he was playing it on a legit nintendo from what i right. understand mm-hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know the the stair step that you jump up to jump on the flag? Yes. Well, and there's this one particular spot to where it glitches and you slide through the entire thing. Sure. Instead of having to jump up it, which saves you a second and a half. Mm-hmm. But that was the second and a half you needed to break the record. Oh, right, because everything else is, ref- is optimized. Right. Yeah. So, so that that's kind of where the question comes from. So is it is it really the world record? I would think so because it's in the game. It's not he didn't do something. He didn't manipulate the code himself. It was a bug in the code, and he just found it. Yeah, so I'm I would consider fine that legit. That. But I would consider it in any in any percent. It is utilizing a glitch in the game, and that's beating the game in any means necessary. Because they've also like run Mario like warpless Mario. Oh yeah, those are cool. Where you're not allowed to take warp, you know, any of the warps. You well, have to you play know, each stage. You have to do every stage right. Mm-hmm. Have you seen, you know Mario 64? Mm-hmm. The first, like, you know, 3D environment right, 64? Right. Did you ever see that speed run? Where he glitches where through own, the wall? Yeah, and he catches the rabbit, and he jumps through the thing, and he jumps through the stairs, and it sends him up to the, you know, the top level out of nowhere. Yeah, and he beats the whole thing with, like, 14 stars or something. And two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. In the precision of which he does it, because everything else is done... Like with long jumps and like the triple jump, hot, 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 hot. it's just as fast as the guy can possibly run through everything. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's fun to watch that. That is a 
those are real skills. Those are things that take you years to acquire the ability to do those kind of things. I and it's fun to watch. And for people who don't know, it's on Twitch all the time. Oh, yeah. If you go on Twitch and you see these obscure games, you're like, wow, why is this game from the 90s on Twitch? It's probably because somebody's crushing it in a speed run. Or trying to, yeah. Yeah, click it and see what he's doing. It might be fun to watch, yeah. I th- I remember seeing one time someone speed run. I'm pretty sure it was a Elder, Elder Scrolls Oblivion. They did wow. it in 12 minutes. I watched a guy do um, uh, Dark Souls 2. Naked. 40 minutes. <laughs> in 40 minutes. He did it naked. <laughs> Because you know how the game mechanics works. You can block, you know, you can just dodge most of everything if you're just patient. And that's what he did. He dodged everything. <laughs> the entire game. It was incredible. Yeah, they do a summer thing, like Awesome's Game, Awesome, uh, or... Great Games Done Quick. Awesome Games Done Quick? Something great like games? that. Oh, yeah. They do it in the summer on Twitch. And it usually makes the front page, it usually makes it near the top. Yeah, I think they raised almost two million last year for some. I don't know what they uh, raised for. They do a bad job of promoting themselves. Doctors Without Borders and Prevent Cancer Foundation—that's what they're right, raising for right, last right. year or this year's. Awesome games done quick. Twenty fifteen is over after one hundred sixty hours of speed running. The final donation total to Prevent Cancer Foundation was one point five seven five million. Damn, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So they've already. Oh, they have two events now. Yeah, one in the summer and one in the winter. winter. Yeah, summer is July 26th through August 1st. Why are they doing it at the same time as the international? Boo. Boo. And they. um, It's just a week long of the most obscure games or the most like popular games all you, you have an entire week right mm-hmm. and people are speed running so it's only taking them like an hour to beat like oblivion you know these really long games so you can imagine how many games they're getting in you know each week it's amazing I w- it's just fun to sit there on twitch and just watch i would love to go to the official one because you know you have an official group of people who are playing who are streaming yes but at least from what it looks like it looks like they rent out a movie theater somewhere and hook up game systems and play it on the big screen. It's either that or it looks like they're renting a, a giant like uh, reception hall like in a hotel or something. And with just a really big projector. Right, and it just looks like they've got rows of people. I mean, how cool would that be to just like, sit there for two days and eat terrible food? How awesome food? would that be? That would be <laughs> Watch shit. video games be played. Yeah, and what's crazy is, that, is the stream's 24 hours. Yeah. So you'd be there for a week, and at 3 o'clock in the morning, you could just stumble down there smashed and watch some guy run some game that nobody's, you know, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Okay, next question. Sure. Since I'm digging the video game this. uh, What's your favorite game that no one has ever heard of? Really? Favorite game? Interesting. What game have I really... Huh. The for the one that really comes to mind that I think like nobody's heard of that I that just I had hours of enjoyment was a game called Battle Tanks. Yes. This <laughs> On game the was 64, insane. right? Yeah. Yes. It. it was so fun. It was so fun because <laughs> it was one of those versions of like a um uh, third person shooter. 
Yeah, it was like a third-person shooter, but you could pick anywhere from like a an extremely fast, light, nimble, low p- like impact tank that was really hard to shoot, all the way up to these like mammoths that were real slow, but they could just kill like the very small tanks in one shot, you know. And then you could pick anywhere in between, and they had all these different weapons and power-ups. And I just have a vague memory of it being a great game, and I know that's an obscure game that most people would have never heard of. I do, yeah, that's, I do, I did enjoy that one. The thing I liked about that game is it did have a really good sense of humor to yeah. it. Uh-huh. Uh, the yeah. one that pops, the first one, if I know if I thought about it a bit more, I'd come up. Yeah, right, right. Well, a couple, just real quick. Like Castles 2, love that game. Old school, you build castles and you try to take over Europe. It's, it's awesome. What? It's called. That Cast- sounds really cool. Yeah, uh, here, I'll send you a link. I think it's actually on GOG. I'm on GOG, so I'll just check it out right now. Um, Castles 1 and 2? Yeah, I never played 1. I've only played 2. Oh, wow. This is old, son. Old school. We're talking like Oregon Trail old, dude. Yeah, you can no get 1 no and 2 for 6 bucks. Nobody was alive. <laughs> yeah, nobody came, listening to this even existed came yet. Came out in 91. Machiavelli, which we've talked about in the podcast before. I really love way back in the way back. Uh, the, the Dagger of Amon Ra, which was an old school Sierra adventure game, which no one played. Woodruff and the Schnibble. Uh, there's Woodruff and the Schnibble. Woodruff and the Schnibble. It was an old school. Uh, there it is. It was an old That was school like a high comedy, like a real slapstick. Oh, yeah. Really like bizarre. Insane. Yeah, really bizarre. Great game. Another one, which uh, got reminded me of this week, was Delta Five. Yeah, is that the one where um, you're like hacking computers? Right. But you're like flying like a spaceship to do it. Uh huh. You remember yeah. that one? Uh huh. No, but, we never got it to work. That's the right. Computers are always too fast. Right. Okay. So I was looking at this week, and something I did not realize is who the publisher of Delta Five was. Who was it? Bethesda. Who's that? They do Fallout. Wait, oh, Bethesda. Bethesda. Yeah. 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 That's cool. <laughs> like, it was one of their early, early games back in That's 94. Yeah, but, it was one of those that you really highly recommended. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, the art on Woodruff and the Snills is actually not bad. It came out, I want to say it came out like 99. Like, it was like the, one of the last tail end. But the game I can think of the most when it comes to obscure games that I love Mm-hmm. I guess it can't be that obscure because it's on all the combo packs, but it's Comic Zone for this for the Genesis. Combat Zone. It's a it's a side scrolling beat 'em up where you get sucked into this uh, comic world, and you're slowly <laughs> becoming a superhero. And it, 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 oh, that reminds. Me. Oh, oh, keep going. Sorry. And so one of the cool things you can do it does hurt you, but you if mm-hmm. you. Like one of the power moves is you rip the page apart and turn it into a what? plane and throw it. Yeah, like I, just, I sent you the link. You can, you can check out the art. Like it looks like you're in a comic book. That's awesome. I know in a game that's a lot like that. That's it was extremely popular when it came out. Oh wow. Oh, I see. Like you're in, you're like in comic book panels. Uh huh. That's cool. Do you walk from like panel to panel? Right, and there's certain points where you can jump either to the panel below you or the panel across from you or the panel oh, above you. That's fun. Do you remember the game called Beautiful Joe? 
Oh, yes, I do. That's how you... It's, yeah. Oh, so good. But the thing that was interesting about Comic Zone is, A, it was gorgeous, for, especially for a Genesis game. Two, it was short. Like, it's one of those games, if you knew what you were doing and not really trying to speedrun, just get through it was... Play the game, right. 45 minutes. Really? But it was insanely hard. Oh, okay. So there were three levels, and you only got a life if you beat a level. So the okay. most you could have is two lives to get through the entire game. Almost like a uh, like a quarter game. Like Almost, a co-op, like, like yeah. That, yeah. Oh, it was viciously brutal, but so much fun. That's that's one of those games. Every once in a while, I'll go back and play it. Just get on my emulator, or, or I picked up the uh, Sega Games Collection for three sixty. Okay, yeah. Um, do you not have this? No, I don't. I didn't know there was a Sega Games collection on the 360. You mean like Xbox Live, like the uh, the download, like the marketplace? Well, no, it's actually um, Sonic's Ultimate Genesis collection. It's a, it's got like 40 games, and it's a disc for your. Uh... Oh no! Shit, it's a disc. Yeah. It's got all the Sonics on it, all the Golden Axes, Streets of Rage, which is the best side... Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage. What a great fucking game, dude. Actually, shit, I'll just send it to you. I have it. I'll send it to you. Uh, Which Streets of Rage, by far the best side-scrolling beat-em-up of all time. Is it? In my opinion. I don't know, man. Twin Dragons. Double Dragon? Double Dragons. I don't even know the name. My, my argument's nah, invalid. Rage is better. The only one I think yeah, you could argue much. with is Golden Axe. Okay. Okay. Never played Golden Axe, but I love Streets of Rage. Oh, Streets of Rage is so good. Great, uh, game. Great game. It's got Echo the Dolphin, which is Echo insanely the fucking hard. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you remember the time when um, like uh, Blockbuster was so popular and people were renting games? That the game designers were making them so difficult that you couldn't beat them in, you know, you know four did. days or whatever it was. It required you to own the game to spend enough time to beat it. Now I missed that time. Did you ever? I liked hard games. Did you ever play Vector Man? No, it's not coming. It's not ringing any bells. What was that one? Okay, it was. It was a last one of the last games that came out on the Genesis. Insanely difficult in. For being a, uh, for being on a Genesis was just gorgeous. Hold on, I'm finding a picture. Yeah, I was trying to find the images. I clicked on it on the wiki. It doesn't have you on it. It doesn't give any images to the game. It's not the bad. I mean, it's a small cap, but it's, yeah. you can tell it's. Oh, right. I mean, that's a Genesis, man. Oh, Skater Die 2. That's oh. a. Great yep. game that nobody knows of. That was uh, what SNES? NES? Is it a NES? I think it's a NES. NES. I think it's original Nintendo. Yeah, it was. It had to be because the uh, controllers were so difficult. <laughs> they hurt so bad. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I look back and I, I remember as a kid thinking they were the greatest thing ever. Like, how could you improve these? And then they rounded them, and I lost my mind. When you failed the Genesis control for the first time, like, oh my god, it's so comfortable. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and then I saw the N64 controller and couldn't figure out how to use it for the first day. <laughs> I, I was trying to use the D-pad. 
Oh, such great games. Such great games. Yeah. And yeah. It, and you you can actually get back into retro gaming if you actually want to use the old, you know, don't want to use emulators. You can get one of those uh three like the, the games that play the NES the you SNES can. and the Genesis for like twenty bucks. And yes, they work can. really well and they're they're designed for HDTVs and and you can uh, get the games fairly cheap now, especially on eBay and stuff. You yeah. know, like a rare, expensive Zelda is like you know twenty bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, except yeah. for stadium events, that will not come cheap. What are stadium events? Stadium events was a game that was given out as a promotion in Nintendo Power. It's the rarest Nintendo game ever. The last time I heard of one going up for sale, it sold for over ten thousand dollars on eBay. It's the rare, it's maybe the rarest video game ever. I thought Mario. I thought Mario um, World Championship was the one. Uh, this stadium events is the one. I I know of. Here you go. Super rare NES game sold for for thirty five thousand one hundred dollars. No shit. So here, here here's a good story. Uh, from twenty thirteen, woman buys old Nintendo game for eight dollar. Turns out it's worth fifteen thousand. It was no an, shit. It was an original. You know, I'll send it to you, but it looks like an, a stadium events with the with the original cardboard box and everything. I've played this game. Well, you're one of the few people who have. And if you really, can... no way. Is this the game that would hook up to a um, the pad? I don't think so. Oh, come on. 86. It was way too early for the pad. This came out in 86. Okay, so that's not what they're standing on in the corner? Is that pad thing that you run on, on for the Nintendo? Maybe they. What? Maybe it worked later, but... Well, anyway, I've played that game. It is actually a great gosh damn game. Because <laughs> you push the buttons to run faster, but you have to do them like... You can't just mash them because you have to, do you have to be on a beat. Yeah, it's like da, 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 da. so. If you want to go fast, it has to be like on a beat, like da, 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 you know, like on beat. And then, like you do, you jump, you let go, and then you push it, and you have to actually do it right. If you go too far, you go out of bounds, and it ruins it and stuff. It's a great game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna show my age here a bit. Uh huh. One of my all time favorite games that is obscure, and no one's heard of because they're too young. Is California Games for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred? I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I they also had a California Games for the NES. It was. It was a port. Um, <laughs> and the Winter Games, the Summer Games. Which it, one did you play? I played them all, but I really like the Winter in California. I like, especially no, like the I'm hot California. dog game where you're like having to do the tricks. The the hacky sack. Oh, Hacky Sack was so Where you're bouncing it off your head and stuff, and you're trying to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. I played, you know how, I'll show my age. I played that in my uncle's car 
on his TV that he had in his dash when he was cool back in the 90s. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that, that giant CRT. Mm-hmm. He did. <laughs> no, he had like an 8-inch CRT. It was like those 8-inch CRT, and he had an NES in the uh, center console. So you open the center console up with your hand, and you push the game down in there. Yeah, he was he was cool. He was he was happening. Yeah, he would let me uh, sit in the car while he would go into stores. Like if I ever ran errands with him, I could sit in the car and play video games. Fun. <laughs> oh man, this is this is the one where we just decide to be very old for about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, Ryan, what do you have for us this weekend? What do you recommend? Uh, I was going to recommend um, something. What was it? We were, I was thinking about it earlier. Give me a second. You know this question is coming every week. <laughs> and you still... Yeah, I know, I know, but I think about it, and I struggle with like what's an appropriate thing to recommend. Um, oh. I was, oh, this one... I don't know how well this one was going to go over. So that's why I, I, I tried to think of something else. Okay. I didn't come up with anything else, though. But, um... To go camping or to just get away occasionally, like not often, but like at least once or twice a year, go kind of just reset, you know? Like if you're really not a camper, go get a nice hotel, but just change your surroundings. I recommend going camping and kind of like not having internet or something for like two or three days and just kind of, you know, maybe walking around barefoot. How's the last time you actually touched the grass with your feet? You know, that kind of. I don't know. I, I don't think it's the best, but that's kind of what I was thinking. I wanted to recommend something like that, something to encourage people to um, to not just get stuck in a rut of letting years go by and you know not doing something that's a little different or whatever. And the weather is getting better, and you know, buy a gosh damn tin, an air mattress, and an electric pump because don't buy a goddamn hand pump. They no, suck. No, get an electric not. pump and <laughs> go lay. Yeah, and spend the extra ten dollars on that electric pump too. Yeah, trust me on the sunscreen on this one. You will not regret that extra ten dollars. Do it, and you know, <laughs> sleep on an air mattress out underneath the, underneath the stars before it gets too hot. Depending on where you live, you know. Yeah, before it gets too hot, that's for sure. Yeah, man, it's been a it's been a while since I've been truly camping. And See, you don't have to go like out in the wilderness. But I also recommend that you don't just go like camping in somebody's field that sells like a hundred camping slots. You know what I mean? Like, go somewhere kind of. Go out to there, a state right? park. Right, have, somewhere pretty. Yeah, yeah, and they're cheap and they're maintained and. For the most yeah, part. one of the greatest. You know, one of the greatest assets that the America has is our state park system. Oh yeah, they're fantastic. People should utilize it. The so most, anyway, the the most vicious. We went camping when I was in my 20s, early 20s as a family. And we went to Roman Nose State Park in somewhere Oklahoma. Okay. And so me and my dad, we played around golf, right? And you know on like, you know, Tiger Woods, PGA or whatever, all the golf games, you always have those fantasy courses that are stupidly hard with all these. This was one of those golf courses. It was in a ravine. So you're shooting, like, the holes are from one side of the gorge to the other, and there's nothing in between. You've got to carry that ball 200 yards or it's losing. 
I lost 27 golf balls. <laughs> An entire pack of balls. And that was back when I was decent. You know, still shooting, you know, 85, 86, kind of decent. <laughs> I hit a golf ball for the first time in probably five years today. They were outside. My um little cousin is showing off his driver. And then they just handed it to me, and they had a ball to it, and they like, hit it. And I crushed that motherfucker like 300 yards, dude. I, I was like, oh, yeah. I can still kind of do this. <laughs> feels so good, doesn't it? It feels pretty good. There's a part of me that wants to maybe play a little bit of golf now that it's the weather's getting kind of nice. Huh. Oh, good times, good times. All right, so actually I do have a bit, I have a, I have a little thought for the week. More of a <laughs> Not a big thought. We're doing little thoughts. We're doing little thoughts. You, At least it's a thought. You have a whole week, you can't come up with something? What? I mean, you know this is coming. <laughs> Well, I could do a recommend every week, so there. And I would uh, write okay. it down so I remember what it was. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> fancy. So uh, I was doing some writing uh, over lunch, and I was having a hard time doing it this week because I couldn't find my pen. So I was having to use a pen I don't normally use. And I didn't like the way it looked to me. I didn't like the way... It felt in my hand and slid across the paper or the way it bled through the paper. Like, it didn't bleed bad, but it bled a bit more than I'm used to. And it bothered me so much, I couldn't do it. Oh, interesting. And so it got me thinking about tools, like tools that we use to do what we do. So for writing, right? Like, if you want to get, you can't get much more basic than a pen. Sure. But the pen mattered so much to me, I couldn't do it like i had all these great ideas i was gonna move our bounty hunter along in his story and i just couldn't do it because i didn't like the way the pen felt so the quite my, my thought is is a one why do we do this why do we have certain things that are so preferential to us why do we have these preferences is it like where does that come from you know uh if you want to give a bit, bit a bit more um advanced i guess uh like golf clubs right a golf a nine iron is a nine iron is a nine iron but if you put a callaway a nike a titleist and a tailor made in my hand i can tell you exactly which one each one is without looking at it still and i barely play anymore and so and i I don't know what it is and i i really like i really like the way callaway's feeling i really really i think it's an example of this I heard it earlier. It was just a simple thought on the internet, but it was pretty profound, right? Mm-hmm. A piece of paper is like a... F- I don't know how to, how, how, what it was, but it's like 0004 of an inch. Mm-hmm. Very, very thin, right? Right. But I can tell whether I'm holding one or two. You know, like if I pick up a piece of paper, I can tell whether I have a one piece of paper or two pieces of paper in my hand. You know what I mean? Like I can tell just by the the slight difference, that much of a difference. I just think it's an example of how sensitive the human body really is. The little bit of weight, the little bit of drag, you know, right? Like your other pen was a little easier or harder to achieve, you know, where the ink started to move. Or it it slid across the paper slightly easier. Or the, the top was, you know a micron heavier than the bottom. You know what I mean? Like just the, I just think it's an example of how sensitive the human touch really is. How, you know, how much of a fine tune the machine that we inhabit really, really is. 
It could be something else, though. I'm not sure what it would be, though. Right. What do you and think? It, I was thinking about it, like maybe it's just um. Could be mental. It could. It's obviously mental. Um, well, everything's mental. Maybe maybe something happened badly with something that you didn't like. Or maybe it's just you just it just works the way you see it in your mind. Like hmm. when I was when I was bowling, um, God, I have a lot of these stories to start. When I was doing X, uh, <laughs> when I was bowling, wait, you were doing X. No, I was not doing it. Wait, when, when, you have a lot of stories that starts with you doing the X? What are those? Can we just skip the bowling stories and go to the X ones? What's going on with that? No, no X here. No X here. Uh, there was a couple, there was one ball in particular that I had mm-hmm. that it was the only one that ever looked right to me. When mm-hmm. I threw it, the way it moved, the way it, it looked, the way I wanted it to look in my head. And I think maybe that's mm. maybe maybe it's the imagination because we all we all have imaginations of how things should feel and how things should go, and maybe it's the one that gets closest to that imagination. Like, that's interesting. Cause I feel like it should. Yeah, this is the way I think it should feel. Right. I, I that's interesting because, like, I play. Um, I don't have any examples of like real life, like real world, mm-hmm. but it, like in a say like I'm playing a video game and I'm driving a car and you have the ability to change the settings in the car. Well, if somebody changes the settings and I don't know, I can tell you that it doesn't feel right. But the controller didn't change. The feeling of the controller didn't change. You know what I mean? Like I don't have any actual stimulation that would make it feel, but you can feel with your eyeballs almost, right? Because it's this what is it supposed to be? What does your mind think it's supposed to be doing compared to what it is doing with the inputs that you normally would imply? You know that you would that you would apply to the object. You know the feedback that you get. That's interesting. I think yeah, it probably has something to do with that imagination fulfillment thing, like you're saying. Right, and then part of it even goes to much more just purely physical things. Like some some girls just feel right. You touch them and they just, that's that's how girls should feel. And some girls, you touch them and they still feel nice, but you don't know why, but it just doesn't seem right. Yeah. And I don't, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I think that is. Maybe, maybe it is just a perception of what you believe to be, what you think things should be. Mm-hmm. So the closer, if anything can actually be that for you, it's hard to let it go or it's hard to get past it. That's interesting. I don't think it's just girls, though. I, well, well I, don't know, maybe. I was just an example. But it's almost like an example of like, it's almost like hippie talk, but it's like you can get a vibe from places. Oh, yeah. You can go somewhere and you're like, I've got a bad vibe about this place. Or you can go somewhere that's had a million laughs in it and you can go, this place feels happy. Oh, well, man. what is that? Is it, is it, it's an implied oppression of this feeling because you know that the place is supposed to be creepy because you're in a graveyard? It's like, well, yeah, of course it feels creepy because you're telling yourself it's creepy. Or doesn't it actually have a creepy feeling to it, you know? I don't know. I think I've experienced creepy feelings. But oh, they sound I, kind of voodoo-ish and hippie, uh, you know? I don't, you know. I've definitely had some creepy feelings. That is for sure. But, you know, but they've also, you know, I don't know. Like, I've walked by, you know, uh, graveyards on Halloween, and they feel different than on normal nights. But is that because I know it's Halloween? Or, you know, like, is it this, like... 
it's almost like on Christmas Eve, you can tell everybody has like better will towards each other. Like even if you're sitting by yourself, everybody's gone to bed. It's almost midnight and everybody's asleep, and it's just you looking at the Christmas tree right before you go to bed. There is this kind of feeling that you can get, like this, you know, like collective consciousness of. I don't know, but it seems very hippie-ish to me. I've never really wanted to admit that I feel that kind of stuff. But, I mean, I, I do. I can get, you know, like, Fourth of July feels different to me than tomorrow will. Oh, yeah. There's just a certain excitement in the air with the other human beings around you, right? Mm-hmm. What is well, that? Well, some would call it aura. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, some would call it the force. And I, I do, I'm not saying that to be funny. I do mean that or something like it. Uh, right. Qi. Quantum vibrations, quantum frequencies. Yeah. Yeah. Some type of movement of power of some sort, you know, that's, that hasn't been able to be explained by science yet. Yeah. And this is something I think that Christianity has done a bad job. Yeah. Is even though we, you know, Christians like to talk about spiritualness and stuff. They don't like to admit it. It's actually there. Mm-hmm. They don't like to admit to themselves what they actually believe because what they actually believe in is really scary when you get down to it. The yeah, they don't you, want to take the parts of the Bible where they talk about witchcraft and magic. and. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, the, the Bible's pretty much admitting that stuff exists. Oh, He's absolutely. telling you to stay away from it. <laughs> you You have to believe that there's some, you know spiritual world of I don't know what what would you call it like energy I don't know there's not really really good labels for this kind of stuff because as a culture we haven't talked about it in several hundred years or longer right like it's not something that's been on the our lips that we talk Pro- about probably ever since uh, the renaissance is probably when most of the mysticism the real mystic mystic culture died out especially in western european cultures yeah because we burned all the witches and all the sorcerers and all the people that would have kept that lineage and information alive it is possible to stomp stuff out you know especially back then when there was only several million humans on the whole planet (laughs) yeah it reminds me of something so we're getting serious but this is kind of funny big bang theory mighty python they were talking about how you know, if if it was just if it was as easy as uh, quarantining the common cold, it would have died out millions of years ago. Because anytime someone got a runny nose, they would have just killed them. <laughs> <laughs> He's a witch. I'm not a witch. <laughs> yeah. What else floats? Rocks. Float? Rocks don't float. <laughs> Small ones. <laughs> what else floats? Ducks. Ducks float. So she weighs as much as a duck. She's a witch. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, great show. Great movie. Oh yeah, I need to watch that one again, man. It's been too long since I've watched My Python and the Holy Grail. I need to watch the first half again. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. It's so funny. It is uh, good, first half. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you look closely, you can see titties in it. Really? Uh-huh. Castle Anthrax. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I, I, think I <laughs> masturbated to that scene once or twice. 
I Back when times were desperate and it was <laughs> difficult to find anything. Her <laughs> boobs were hard to see. <laughs> like, really hard. Like, you might go several years. Yeah. Where if you found something that went into the spank bank, man, that was in there. It was crystallized. It's something new to think about. Victoria's Secret catalogs were a big deal. Big deal. <laughs> Do you remember how, like, occasionally, like, every three or four years, they wouldn't airbrush the titties out? <laughs> like, they would get a little risque, and you'd be like, holy shit, what a jackpot. <laughs> Trying to hide that one. Your mom would throw it away, like, as soon as she got it. <sighs> what a oh. struggle it was to be young. Uh, here, I would be 15 in the 90s. I'm going to send you this bit from Scrubs that we're going to have to watch here, because it's hilarious. Scrubs is fine. Scrubs is the best. It really is. It really is funny. Hmm. Let me know when you're ready. Yeah, I was just going to let it get in. You know, just give a few seconds to yeah. get forward. Okay, so uh, you ready? Yep. Three, two, one, go. Let me share a little something special with you that I like to call Perry's Perspective. One. If someone's standing in front of me in line at the coffee shop and they can't decide what they want in the half hour it took to get to the register, I should be allowed to kill them, too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if they took porn off the internet, there'd only be one website left, and it'd be called Bring Back the Porn. <laughs> and most importantly of all, the only way to be respected as a doctor, nay, respected as a man, is to be an island. You are born alone, you damn sure die alone. Isn't that right, Spike? The point is, and you just might want to jot this down, only the weak need help. <laughs> There would be only one website left, and it would be called Bring Back the Poor. <laughs> there would only be one website. Yeah, that's very true. That's actually funny. I didn't, I've never really watched Scrubs. I've never... You, you need to. You need to sit down time. and watch it. It's oh, so good. So good. If, it, if you don't know what you want by the time it took you to get there after the 30 minutes you've been standing in line, I should be allowed to kill you. I thought he was going to say, like, cut in front of you or something, but he's like, just escalates it, like, instantly to death. It's like, oh, that escalated quickly. <laughs> oh, that was great. The, the internet is also where everything just escalates way too quickly. Oh, yeah. Instantly, I'm going to kill your mother. You're like, what? Why? We were just talking about Jesus. It's okay. <laughs> People are ready to go to war, man, behind their screens. Oh, it, it's bad in Dota. It's so bad in Dota. I'm sure you, you see it in your other online gaming. But yeah. Someone would be like, especially because it is a team game. Mm -hmm. Which probably causes a lot. Someone be like, hey, dude, what happened? I thought you were coming. They'd be like, well, go fuck yourself and your mother. And, you know, expletive and racial slurs. And, and so all of a sudden, and I quit. I'm just going to go stand in the corner. Come on. It's not a big deal. It's just a video game. Yeah. If you're, <sighs> if you're playing for a million dollars, you can get pissed. But right. you're not. Your sex, your sixteen hundred MMR. Get over yourself. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how the internet's like that. Um, you read the comments in like Reddit, and it'll be never, funny, never, funny, never funny, never and read then the comments. oh, the comments in Reddit are where it's 
app, man. This is the greatest thing in the world because the comment system in Reddit works like Reddit. Right. So you can upvote and downvote comments. So it's only the best ones go to the top, you know? So it's like the collective will of the internet. Oh, my God. Which is like ends up being the collective humor of the internet. So mostly it's just mostly funny. Like a great example is like, how would you kill Hitler? You want to know the top response? What? Softly. <laughs> and then they start singing the song with his song, telling your whole life, with his words, slowly. It's just like, you know, the comments just like, there's just one after another of just like pure gold, man. How would you kill Hitler? You're God, right? Like you're not God, but you like accidentally opened a genie. And the only wish he grants you is like pure anonymity and the pure power and ability to do however you wanted to. Would you even? And how would you do it if you did have the ability? It's a pretty philosophical question. Well, here's my thought? problem. Is I have another philosophical take. Is We're affecting timelines? Well, no. Well, obviously, but I don't think it would have mattered. If it wasn't Hitler, it would have been somebody else. Right, it was a powder keg that was primed to... Right, and... Maybe he's not as good, but maybe he's worse. I mean, that's something no one ever thinks about. What if the what if you kill Hitler and the person who takes his place was worse or better at being bad and actually won the war? Actually, better at being bad, like yeah. didn't lose his mind and made better alliances with Russia and you know chose better timing and had a little uh -huh. bit more foresight than Hitler did and actually like won. I never thought of that. Yeah. I there, there. People always think, "Oh, yeah, I would totally go back and kill Hitler because that would make history better." But it could also make it worse. <laughs> That's true. I don't know though. His view on the whole Jews and the Bolsheviks was very extreme. Well, he no. might have found somebody that quite wasn't wasn't quite so far that way. But that was part of the whole nationalism thing that fueled the World War Two. Oh yeah, but he. I guess you're right. I guess it was inevitable. We set it up with World War One. Oh yeah, I mean it was. The only there's, they really won. They are really one war. If you go back and look at history, they're just thirty years apart. Yeah, it's just the continue. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, the sequel. It's because all the bad things that happened in World War One is what pushed get, into World War Two. Get flushed out in World War Two. But I mean you. You gotta give it to Hitler, man. He did it right. He took over the schools first. So those kids, because he's, I want to say he started taking over schools in like 2930, like 1929, mm. 1930. So by the so time 1941 generation. came around, yeah. You had 19, 20 year old kids that had spent their whole life dedicating themselves brainwashed. to the. Oh, yeah. And you know what? It would be really hard to go, no. That Jew isn't terrible when you've been told every day for your all you can remember that Jews are just really terrible, terrible people and yeah. they should die. I mean, that's just... It's like brown people down here in the South. We, we brainwash our children down here to hate, you know, brown people. Not so much black people like we used to, but more like the Middle Easterns, man. Ever since 9-11, the South is... Most of the South hates brown people. It's really weird. It's so strange to see like the um, the remnants of like living in a tribe. It's like no, we're on team white people. It's like why? Because some of those are, are people are really good engineers. Like we need some of those people. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, Baghdad suffers like the worst brain drain of like any country. Oh, I don't doubt it. 
It's like 75 or 80% of all of their graduates uh, leave the country. It's like, that's miserable for their country. That's like why the country sucks so bad. Oh, yeah. Because uh, all the smart and you know, successful and good people leave it. Just leave I've, behind all the riffraff and trash. That's what I've been seeing about the UK, is they're starting to hit a bad level of brain drain because it's so, really? expensive. It's so, it's so expensive to live there. Oh, interesting. So people who are highly educated are like, well, I can go make a ton more money here, and I'm English, so I can go pretty much anywhere in the world I want to go. Yeah, successfully. Yeah, Japan, America, Canada, Australia. Japan is actually interesting. They are extremely racist and very xenophobic. Towards other Asian races, though, right? Oh, anyone. I thought it was Asian races. Mm. I thought they were fine with white people. I thought they were really attracted to us. I thought you could go there and get laid easy. Am I wrong about that? Well, it's more of um, like getting citizenships, getting visas, getting... Oh. You know who is also impossible to get a citizenship as? Who? Canada. Do you know they won't even let you in their country if you've had a, dr- a DUI? Like, if you've had a DUI here in America and you try to cross the, the border, they will not let you in? If you've ever been convicted of any drug uh, charges, they also will not let you in? Man, I'm pretty is... sure if you've even been charged with a drug charge, they won't let you in. Like, if you admit, yes, I've been charged with a drug charge, they won't even let you in. Canada's yeah. almost impossible. Because, huh. I mean, it's always been that Canada's been... And that must be very new, because it used to be Canada just was like, there we go. Come on in. Maybe maybe, maybe it's citizenship. Because no. I know that, I mean, they will let... No, you can't get in if you've had a DUI. They won't let you in their country. Uh, but you also uh, know now, like yeah, now, it looks like it's pretty recent. Yeah, and it's also a modern day thing that you have to have a passport to even go to Canada. Before we could go with a driver's license, right? But now you need a passport to even go to Mexico, which right. is really weird. Yeah, that was a U.S. thing, though. Yeah, you mm-hmm. you you mm-hmm. can get into Canada or Mexico without a passport. You just can't get back. <laughs> oh, interesting! Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, you have to have a passport to get back in. So if you want to leave, you're good. <laughs> For now. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, papers please, right? Yep. I always wondered if we'd ever get to the point to where um, you had, where they wouldn't let people out of the country. You know, things got so bad. They were they were scared about people fleeing, you know, brain drain, economic drain. Right, that, mm-hmm. That they just quit allowing people to leave. The only way out was to sneak out. Was to sneak out. And then that That's also got crazy. me started thinking: if I was going to sneak out, where would I sneak out at? When I, th- Ooh. you would Ooh. think, in my mind, you would find the most rural part of the Canadian-American border and cross <sighs> there. Yeah, you're talking about just hiking off into the woods for two weeks. Yeah, yeah, just like just straight, you know, just like almost camping every night and just keep walking north, follow the north star kind of thing, in the middle of fucking nowhere. There are places out there where it's difficult to even fly an airplane because it's just, uh, well, I mean, they can fly them over, but not one that's like good at surveillance, you know? Right, because the trees are so thick and right, it's hard to have a, a small airplane that will fly low enough and safely enough and slow enough that you could actually look through the tree canopy that have enough fuel to get there. So that's actually probably one way to do it. But yeah. you're probably also going to get eaten by a goddamn bear. 
<laughs> or a moose or uh, who else? Bigfoot. Bigfoot's probably out there in the Pacific Northwest. Let's go high five Bigfoot. What's up, Bigfoot? <laughs> What's up, buddy? He takes you to his underground douche. cave dwellings with the you know the whole you know. He's got an Xbox. <laughs> if he GTA exists, 5. it's not just one of them. There's a whole. There's a whole. Yes, yes. Yeah. Probably underground, plotting the overthrow of the human overlords. Right. Yeah. The lizards. It's the lizards versus the, the crab Bigfoot. people. Yeah. What? <laughs> That's what they were in South Park. Were crab people. Oh yeah. Interesting. There's an episode in season seven called South Park is Gay. And season, <laughs> season seven. South Park, man. Let's see. Season seven of South Park. God, when was that? It got to be early 2000s. 2003. So it was right when like the whole Queer Eye was hitting TV and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they started making fun of it, how all of South Park went super metrosexual. It was all a plot by the crab people to take over the world. (laughs) (sighs) And on that note, good night. (laughs) (sighs) What's sad is I know the exact season of it. Yeah, you like your South Park. I love South Park too much. But it's it's another one of those shows I can just put on in the background and watch. Mm-hmm. Sadly, my wife doesn't like it, so I don't get to watch as much. Oh, bummer. she's been coming around though. Good. Like, like she'll watch it on occasion, <laughs> with right? Me. But not often. I found something cool. Okay. Nothing. It's just kind of you know. Oh, stuff. plastic. Yeah. You seen this? Mm-hmm. The one card to rule them all. Yeah, it uses the uh, that paper technology like the uh, Kindles use. Mm-hmm. So that that whatever it's called, that true black, like paper finished E-ink. stuff, e ink. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you have a card that you just load all your other cards into it, and then you can just scroll through them and it changes. It's very very cool. One hundred fifty five bucks. I don't know. Thought it was fun. You know, it'd be one of those things, especially if I ran a business and had really had to differentiate between. Or you're trying really hard to work on your credit. Like it's a real active goal. You have like four credit cards and they're all for specific uses and you're paying them off with cash at the end of the month and you know, you're really working on your credit. I could see having it. Yeah, that would be cool. Be a good way to use it. I also like just the idea of cleaning up my wallet, having less cards. It would be cool. Yeah, but I, I, mean, I try my best not to Crafter sues Miller Coors over Blue Moon. Uh, it won't stick, probably, but I thought it was fun. Especially for you, you know, you being a, a craft beer drinker. But he says it's not craft beer. Now, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, technically it is. It's an ale. It is mass-produced, but... No, I just think he's actually, like... Saying that like the quality isn't high enough to call it craft. <laughs> I mean, the marketing is a bit because it is made at the same plant as everything else, as Coors Light and all that stuff. Mm. So, but it, it means it's marketing, right? Yeah, Did you yeah. see the the Bud Light? How Bud Light got in trouble with their marketing? 
What did it say? Like, um, it was something take about no out of your vocabulary? Something. Or, like, no out of your night or something? Something horrible. Like, what? what? Like, even if it didn't have the undertones of being rapey, like, no is a good thing. Like, no is like me stopping from drinking and driving. Hey, buddy, you want to go for a ride? No. Hey, do you want another one? No. It, you know, like, that whole drink responsibly and no go really well together. You can't have just a, a night full of yeses and drink responsibly to, at the same time. It's just, it was horrible. How did that make it all the way through corporate, too? That's who I was. <laughs> How the hell did she make it all the way through corporate? What it exactly was the same? All right, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. The perfect beer for removing no from your, your vocabulary for the night. Hashtag up for whatever. Was it just a tweet? No, it was, or was it no, a new slogan campaign? It, like, oh, no. It, you know, they, they're, their new slogan so, oh. so campaign is up for whatever. But it was actually on some of the bottles. Oh, no. So here's my guess. Here's my guess is the only reason it could have gotten through QA. Is whoever did it, whoever, whatever marketing and campaign, maybe it was in, in-house or what. But the guys, whoever job was going to go, yes, this is okay. No, it's not. Got a list of like 50 things that were going on these bottles and skimmed it and missed it. That's the only thing I can figure. <laughs> it's funny, you know, being a little bit more of an adult and paying attention to shows as kind of more of TV shows and less as like these stories that I just get instantly drawn into that I forget all of reality that exists, you know, like, because as, as an adult, I notice people slipping in dick jokes or like four twenties in the code or, you know, just like just little things. I'm like, Oh, that was somebody who only makes minimum wage just being funny. And it made it all the way through. Yeah. Like nobody caught it, you know, like the little things like that. It's like, Oh, wardrobe did something right here on purpose to be funny. Like, it's not like just, you know, the little girl that works back in wardrobe just thought it would be funny. And she was right. It was hilarious for that. You know, six people that caught it. <laughs> it's just like that stuff's fun. I love that kind of stuff. I love inside jokes or clever, you know, like jokes, however you want to say it. Yeah. I love inside jokes. I would love to be a part of one someday. (laughs) (laughs) It's Michael Scott from The Office. That's another show. If you have not watched all The Office, you've got to watch all The Office. I did like five or six episodes and couldn't get into it. I probably need to give it like a full season. Well, well, here's the thing: is it was a mid-season replacement, actually late-season replacement. So the first season only had six episodes. What I tell people is, if you make it to episode ten, so the first of the the first six of the first season, the first four of the second season, if you make it to episode ten and still don't like it, just stop. Yeah. But most people who I've told that to, who are like, "Fine, I'll do it." By by episode ten, they're hooked. Parks and Rec is one that I enjoyed. I haven't watched a lot of it, but I, I found the uh, the Ron Swartzen character to be hilarious. I really enjoyed his character. But I didn't like the other characters enough to really want to watch it. Yeah, I can see that. It's one of those shows everyone's like, gotta get through the first season. Can't get through the first season. Sorry, guys. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Because I didn't get through the first season on it either. I, I don't have enough time in my life, man. And besides, I've, I need to watch Star Trek some more. I've only watched it like six times. I need to get up to like 10 or 11 before I die. Oh, yeah. And... 
I don't know what it is about Star Trek, but of all the millions of options that I have, I find myself going home and putting Star Trek on and surfing the internet on my phone more often than not. Like, if I'm just going to chill out on the couch for an hour. You can, but I'm you also know, the kind of person who doesn't watch much movies, you know. You know it would be a fun games. way to watch Star Trek? It would be a very difficult way to watch Star Trek, but a fun way to watch Star Trek is in chronological order. So when you, the episodes aired. Could you do that? It would only be difficult at the end, right? It, it would be hard when you sort of had that little bit of TNG, DS9, Voyager overlap. Right, there's a little overlap, right? We're all three. But it'd be going. interesting to kind of watch them. It would be fun to do it that way. Because you'd have TNG, then DS9, TNG, the Voyager and TNG overlap. I think all three of them do. For, for a brief period. I think there's a crossover episode where all three of them are together. I know Voyager leaves, uh, is docked at uh, Deep Space Nine. That's for like the that's, first episode, isn't it? That's the first episode is when she takes control when she takes ownership of her ship, she's leaving Deep Space Nine and she's going to chase the Maquis, which is fighting right there on the Cardassian border. Right. So that's why she's there. Uh-huh. But I wanna say that there's um an episode with um Man, I wanna say there's an episode with uh Maybe not. Maybe it's just Star Trek Next Generation crosses over with Deep Space Nine some several they, times. They do that at least. They, there was a big crossover <sighs> in the pilot. Yeah. No, not in the pilot. Q was in the pilot. Uh, no, no, of uh, DS9. Right. That's what I'm saying. Q's in the pilot of Deep Space Nine. Okay, so it was really the early then. So here, I'm looking at it. Voyager and TNG never overlapped... Um. Mm, okay, but they do with time-wise, right? Like if you had them on a timeline, right? But they they uh, never interact with each other. Voyager season one, Star Trek: The Next Generation ended in '94. Voyager started in season one, so Voyager and the TNG movies were going at the same time. Okay. Okay. And the majority of Voyager and DS9 ran at the same time. Yes. They had several episodes that interacted with each other towards the end when uh, Voyager started to be a... I don't think they really did interact much. There's just a crossover with Barkley. Barkley, Barkley ends up being a um, major character in Voyager. Yeah, I guess so. And Barkley's one of my favorite characters in the Star uh, Trek universe. Who doesn't, love, who doesn't love him? He's the best. doesn't love Barkley. He's the best, yeah. Especially after the episode where he becomes a super genius. <laughs> and he was slightly more confident and stuff after that episode, you know? Mm -hmm. Really fun. Great character. Great actor. We need Star Trek back on television. We do, but we also need the guy who produced all three of those great ones. Who was the guy that really had the vision from Gene Roddenberry that ran with it with uh, Next Generation. Oh. Uh, Whenever you watch the documentaries, he's kind of the skinnier guy. You can tell uh -huh. loves the Oh, I'm trying to remember universe. his name. Uh, we need that guy to do another Star Trek. Rick we need Berman? Less Michael Bay. Rick Berman. Yep. That's who, yep. We need him to do it, and you know, less Michael Bay and more Rick Berman. Well, I think now, especially, you could really get into what Roddenberry really wanted to do is to 
to deal with issues in an interesting way and tell really good stories. Because people, yeah, are, but people are okay with uh, the long, the long running stories. Oh, interesting! You wouldn't have to be so episodic. You could be more you could series do, based. But you could do both. You, you could, could. You could, could have the running stories, you know, between the characters, and then the monster of the week, which which is always a great thing that Star Trek does. The monsters. Some of the Monsters of the Week episodes are the best episodes. Are the best episodes. Well, I would argue that Deep Space Nine did that, though. That they, was almost a soap opera. Right, and it was, especially the last, what, three, four seasons that really just had that one long uh, arc, the Cardassian War arc. Very much so. Yeah, but that was also a sort of a proto-show. I mean, uh, that was way before its time. God, I forget how old these shows are. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. I I also thought it was interesting. Uh, this is just an interesting thought that you just reminded me of. But you remember how the 70s felt different from the 80s? And the 80s felt different from the 90s? Yeah. And the and the 70s felt forever ago when we lived in the 90s? Yeah. Like that like we had classic rock from the 70s. But now I'm the same distance from the 90s as I was, you know, from the 70s in the 90s. And I feel like it's still pretty much the 90s. Like, we haven't changed that much. I mean, we have technologically-wise, but culturally, it still feels like somebody could say, hey, man, it's the 90s. you got to be cool with that. That was something we were saying in the 90s, and that's still kind of how we're, you know, as a culture, we still kind of are like that. You know, hey, man, it's 2015. You need to be open-minded and cool about that. You know, I just... It's interesting that our, gen- our decades haven't defined themselves or separated themselves. Not nearly as much. Uh, fashion, I mean, while it has changed, if you look at back to some of the 90s fashion... Fashion has changed. I will agree with that, yeah. But a lot from probably about 2000 forward is very similar. Yes. For the most part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music really hasn't changed a ton. That's a big part of it. Because there's a big distinction between 70s, 70s rock and 80s rock and 70s pop and 80s pop and... And nineties had grunge, so they were grunge and alternative. But the best example of this is that um, Black Eyed Peas, their really big hit was two thousand one. Really, and their music that music still sounds like Black Eyed Peas, still sounds like they're on the radio today. You know what I mean? That. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're right. And maybe it's just some of it because we're starting to realize why you know all those old people are like, "Hey, our generation was better." (laughs) <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. maybe some people just don't know. You know. Maybe it's just one of those things where since we remember it so vividly, it doesn't seem like it's so long ago. Oh, maybe. Interesting. You know, maybe we, I'm just getting old. Maybe we're just getting... And granted, we Damn. were pretty young back then, too. We were. We were. What were we, like 15 in 2000? Year two, 2000? We were 15? Two, two, oh, yeah. I just have a hard time believing so it ended star trek the next generation ended in 94 so 21 wow. years ago wow that's incredible i was nine eight eight or nine jeez i did not that show had way more of an impact than i thought it did on me i was 10 see, no i was i was nine i was i was gonna i was about to turn 10 see i didn't watch much of next generation when it came out like i wasn't really on top of it because I remember my uncle recording the last episode 
and not watching it with him. Like, it wasn't that big a deal to me. But I did watch Voyager and Deep Space Nine as they came out. Like, those had a super impact on me. So I guess at 10, 11, that's when they really got into my blood. Yeah. <laughs> wow, craziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still remember. See, I started watching TNG in season six, week to week in season six. Right. Your family was a little more Star Trek oriented, though, weren't they? Yeah, well, my mom was. Yeah, your mom liked it. So, man, I mean, that was eight, seven? Jeez, I did not realize that. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> I've been dealing with some big concepts. <laughs> no wonder <laughs> I'm so messed up. Yeah. It definitely had an effect on me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think I'm less racist because of it. Well, it's hard not to be. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, they have aliens and they interact with them just like they're human beings. So it became easily for me to... Huh? Because they bone. They do do that. <laughs> it's just amazing. Well, they actually explained why all the parts work in one ep- in that two-part episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, yeah? What is the... The one with, was the Architects? Remember, they're like they're 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 racing with the Cardassians to figure out this ancient code that. Oh yes, yes, yes! I do remember. Right, and they all end up having to work together. Yeah, they all had a piece of it, and it was how we all came from this, you know, single, super ancient race. Right. Yeah, that they um they put in just genetic code in the primordial ooze of the galaxy as it was cooling. And that little bit of genetic code was enough to have them all be united and eventually lead to this like grandiose puzzle revelation at the end. And the idea of the story was to bring everybody together, but it turns out it didn't work. The Ferengi and the Cardassians and the Klingons all hated each other at the end of the episode still. I was trying to remember God, I don't, I'm trying to remember where it was in the show. It was was it it was the later? Yeah, it had to have been later. It had to have been because it was a pretty big deal concept and it had Cardassians. It's true. Cardassians don't get introduced very early. Well, it's not Star Trek. It's not season six. Hmm. I don't think it's the finale. I think it's just somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it was a two-parter somewhere in the middle. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh. Got lots of big episodes in season seven, season five. Yeah, seasons. Um, yeah, the end of season four, going into five, into six, is the real meat of Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Mm, so good, so good. Can't find it. I can't find it. Yeah. Oh well, next time. Bummer. We'll have to sit down and have like a Star Trek centric episode. Sure. That's all we talk about. Instead of video games, we'll do Star Trek. Was he Star Trek? Down. <laughs> I wonder if we've had enough episodes now that if people could start playing a drinking game while listening to us. <laughs> hey, they talked about this again. <laughs> I think we might be able to. Anytime we mention virtual reality, right? Drink. <laughs> Anytime we mention a video game made before 1998, drink. Drink. GOG games, drink. <laughs> <laughs> the future drink <laughs> oh if they did that they would be plastered in the first 20 minutes 
That's what we're going to do next time we get together. We're going to pick an episode, and we're going to make the drinking game, and we're going to play it to see how terrible we okay. really are. Okay, I'm down. That'll be fun. If we have any of those, you know, those 12 people that listen, if any of you are so inclined to make the drinking game up for us, that'd be awesome. Uh, and with, with something that will destroy all of our livers and make us hate ourselves, I think that's a good time to say goodnight. Mm-hmm. Okay. We are we are getting to that point. It's getting late here. It's getting late here. I'm tired. You must yeah. be really tired. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So thank you once again, one and all, boys and girls, for being with us on episode sixteen of the forty two podcast. Make peace. Not war. Yay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>